Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome back to another episode of Brewery Travels. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. And today we are heading back to the state of Tennessee and venturing over to the east side of the state, kind of close to the Smoky Mountains, and going to focus in on Knoxville and kind of the greater surrounding area. And as always, I have an awesome guest with me today, Keith. And so, Keith, how about we get the ball rolling first with just kind of a brief introduction about what got you into beer and how you're part of the beer community? Uh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, Joel, thank you all for having me out. Really appreciate it. So, love doing the podcast. Uh, kind of my story I started, it, it wasn't your traditional uh, way of probably going about it. Uh, so my, my and my wife's family are both from Michigan. And so each each year we take uh, the girls up for a week or so. Uh, you know, we have two daughters, we take up, drop off the grandparents. And then Cincinnati is kind of our halfway point there. So we one year um, I somehow beat everybody back up to Cincinnati to pick up the girls and had about an hour to waste. We're meeting uh, at a Meyer store uh, in the parking lot. And I'm like, I'm not sitting out here. It's blazing hot. And so, you know, I'll go just per, uh, peruse a little bit around Meyer, see what they've got here. And um, I hadn't really even gotten into, you know, it wasn't even like I was going to the beer. It was just more of a look around and I ended up in the beer aisle. Um, and one of the, the first things that caught my eye um, and I'd heard lots about it. Never, I think I'd had it a couple of times, but nothing that really stuck out to me. And it was it was Oberon from Bell's Brewery. Um, you know, it's been the summer months, so it was definitely um, a hard hitter around that time of year. Um, and I grabbed the six pack. I was like, you know, what, while I'm here, I might as well grab grab this, take it back, and uh, you know, share it with the wife when we get back here. But and you know, the southern heat, um, and that's kind of how it got me started. So, kind of still was how I really was in college and um, drinking lots of Bud Light, Coors Light, just, you know, cheaper stuff at that time. And um, didn't really know there was much of a difference. And got the LeBron, got back here, um, cracked one open, and that was the end. Um, I, at that point, I tried to have a Bud Light. You know, I think we had a 24-pack in the fridge or something. I I just couldn't have it again after that. Um, wife was a little slower, but she was not that much farther behind. Uh, I was like, well, no, no, you got to try this. And about two weeks later, she was the same. Like she kept telling me, "Just buy me butter white, you know, just keep it cheaper, whatever." And she had it. She goes, "Damn it, I'm so mad." She goes, "You got me too. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked." Um, so, really, for me, then beyond that, started opening um, my eyes a little bit more in different beers, and I did a lot of the, you know, started to hit Kroger, trying their their to go section, you know, select a six pack, but it was a lot of things you could get anywhere so now it's hard because i've had all that so when i travel um you know some of the tap rooms or different things might have a lot of those available and i started branching further and further out and so i I work in athletics here at ut and we were going through a pretty stressful time um we were going through uh, integration of the ticket systems and my wife said you know you need to really find something to do um you know you're stressed you just need something that you can do and get away from work you know while you're home and so she started telling me some nights <laughs> i think i was a little unbearable and just said hey, why don't you grab a beer go sit on the porch and so i started doing that it became type of nightly thing that's my way to to relax and calm down and just reflect on the day slow down a little bit and think about uh, what i need to do here and there and everything and um it's so not long after that it was a i think it was memorial day it was a friday before memorial day weekend and 
we had two choices. We could either pick up the kids from daycare a little early, or we could just meet up and I'm headed back, you know, down here to Maribel. So, or we could grab a beer and just hang out for a few. So of course we, you know, haven't told the kids, but we left them there for a few extra hours, had, had a beer and we talked about getting the, the page going and everything. And that day my wife just grabbed my phone. We just started spouting off names, different things, directions, uh, within about an hour and a half, she created the page, um, kind of worked on the profile, got my first picture of me up having what I believe was a Bell's Oberon um, at Casual Pint Maryville. And from there, I just took it took me a little while because I was still new to the craft beer scene. Uh, but at that point, um, probably about a year later, I started really getting big into you know what we had here just in my backyard. Um and then I started hosting trivia in Knoxville. So it allowed me to hit more of the Knoxville breweries. You know, I was up there a lot more than I, I had previously been. Um, just got to meet people, know people. I've, I've been taking some of uh, the posts and stories and sharing those on my own page. Um, at that point, I was meeting people behind the breweries and the pages themselves uh, for those breweries. And it's, it's really kind of how I got into it. Um, really just more of a fan page. So I don't necessarily see me as more than that in some areas um from being in the beer community um but i am i am friends with i would say a lot and uh friendly with a lot of breweries and i appreciate their support and i I know they appreciate mine yeah i mean absolutely well i mean the fan pages you know and just being able to have a good understanding of the the beer scenes as a whole as you talked about you know being in tune with a lot of the area breweries i mean that that's you know how craft beer is able to grow so much as we need people to promote it obviously and not you know necessarily just having people pay to like just people that love the craft beer scene i mean that's all that i am i mean i don't consider this to be my job or anything i do it because it's it's a passion of mine and i and i really enjoy sharing the stories of beer scenes around the country uh and and so speaking of that you know normally i like normally i start these episodes on kind of broader talking about the history or overall scopes of of uh the the beer scenes but in this case i'm, I'm going to start narrow i guess i could say on, on a specific brewery because it, it's one that caught my eye early on for something other than beer and that is pretentious and so for those that don't know so pretentious glass company I'm, I'm a huge fan of them and my wife started buying me these glasses as gifts uh, it was it was several years ago that she started buying me these gifts i think the first one might have been for our anniversary and they make all these very ornate, unique glassware. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen them and I post on some, some on Twitter as well. Um, and then on top of that, so the, the glassware company has been around for a while. And then they eventually also started a brewery uh, that's right next door, actually, to the glass blowing studio. So what does having a unique business like that do for the local beer scene? You know, because they're not your run of the mill brewery taproom kind of situation. Yeah. So I think it's incredible um, on top of them just being awesome people and, and great supporters of mine. Um, I, I think it's very helpful because as you said, I mean, you're kind of like my, the prime example of how, what I initially would think of when I think of pretentious is uh, not a lot of people know right away about the brewing company. It's the glass. And I have um, numerous friends that I've seen here on Instagram um, or Facebook that have posted up with their glassware from pretentious um, or the reason that they came to Knoxville to visit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was because I the pretentious might've been partially me. My second trip to Knoxville was because <laughs> I, I think I have like five or six of their glasses at this point, at least. That's awesome. And, and I really think 
that's how it gets started. You, you know, it's funny because it wasn't necessarily the beer that got them here and interested, but it then brought them to Knoxville and then it gives them a chance to see other places and it, it, it helps definitely spread the word of Knoxville beer because everybody came in and there's probably at least two or three places that they have also promoted on top of pretentious while they were here. It wasn't just to come in, see pretentious and head back home. Um, so I think it was, it was very big for the craft beer scene um, that, you know, what pretentious does and what they have to offer. Yeah. Cause I mean, one thing I always talk about when, you know, I'm discussing breweries cause people ask, you know, what's something that's important for, for a brewery. And I always say, you know, being memorable and, and mm-hmm. standing out in one way or another. And there's only, you know, only a certain small percentage of breweries can truly do that based solely off of the quality of the beer. I mean, not every brewery can be in the top 5% of quality beer. I mean, everybody can make good beer, but to stick out, you know, so having the glass blowing studio there is, is, is so cool because you can actually walk in, you know, and so for, for, for people that may not probably have not been there, they're next door to each other, pretty close to downtown and the tap rooms on one side and then and, and the small brewing facility. And then uh, next door is the glass blowing studio where the front is kind of the store with all the glassware because they don't just make beer glasses. They do all sorts of different glass sculptures and figures and all sorts of stuff. And then you can actually sit and watch like they have like the actual glass blowing studio just sitting there essentially that you can in the back that you can see. So it is a very cool place. I don't know. Do they do, do you know, like uh, the, the classes and stuff still? Because I've done a glass blowing class once, but it was in Baltimore. Um, I don't know if they offer something like that currently. Yeah, I feel like just a few times a year. Um, okay. I'm, I'm pretty positive. I've seen them. I do some offerings, whether it's around Valentine's Day or um not often, but they do. They do still, if I remember right, offer um, those those every so often for everyone, yeah. which is a very cool experience. Um, oh yeah, bring it up. Like I have never been. I think I tend to go to pretentious on Sundays. You're know, just the wrong day um, or time, and I'd never in there. And that's what I always heard about. That was the first cool thing everybody said was the glass blowing, and I haven't timed it right, so I really need to <laughs> wind this up a little bit better for my. Yeah, I was I was lucky because I, I had been in contact with the owner there and everything when when I stopped by and I got to talk to him for a while and see it all. And my wife actually, when we were living, when we were traveling and living in Baltimore for my birthday, she actually bought me a glass blowing class because I had been so into all the cool beer glassware. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is a it is a delicate process. And then it's, it's so amazing to see these people like, like the folks at pretentious that, or this other glass blowing studio that I was at in Baltimore, that the way that they're able to do it, it, it is an, a, a true art form. And without their assistance and help, I would have walked out of that studio with absolutely nothing to show for my hour there. Um, so thankfully, you know, they're help they, they you know, help guide me and everything. Cause it is, it is a very cool process uh, to actually be able to kind of take part of. So um, that's why I just wanted to highlight, pretentious again because obviously you know they've got the brewery and, and, and some good quality beer there but it's it's just a very unique brewery i don't i don't know if there's any other kind of brewery glass blowing studio hybrid in the country i i, I don't want to say that for certain because i don't know every single brewery in the country but i i feel like i i'm not familiar at least with any others that that, that are that same model so very very cool to kind of see that and uh so other other things that i kind of noticed you know during my time in, in Knoxville, seeing some flyers around and, and doing some research. There, there's also, there's a brew bus as well as a downloadable ale trail in the area, as, as you'll often find in, you know, mid-sized to large cities. Um, do you feel like those things are kind of beneficial to both locals and visitors? And are there any other ways that you would recommend for people coming to check out the beer scene? 
Yeah. So in my opinion, the Ale Trail um, is great for visitors. Um, I, I will ad- probably throw some people under the bus here saying, admitting this, but we've all said it out loud. Um, you know, a lot of people in the, the Knoxville beer scene that goes to all, all the different breweries, all different places all the time, um, have never completed the Ale Trail. Like we have, we've just never got it stamped. You know, we've been to every oh, place yeah, numerous totally times. But but I've always noticed, so I host trivia at Next Level um, on Wednesdays. And I, I've seen a number of people come in there or other places when I've been there um, that wa- see the Ale Trail. There's a printed version as well, still at a lot of the breweries. And they see that. And it's it's great. They just grab it and start looking through. because It's got that map. It kind of gives you a better idea if you haven't researched uh, how close the other places are. Um, you know, hey, this is something fun to do. If we try to hit all these places, we can, you know, real quickly earn a, a cool prize from our trip to Knoxville. Um, but I, but I think it's it's a guide. You know, I know when I go to different cities and there's a lot of options. Um, a lot of times I'm overwhelmed by a little bit and I'm stuck more to now these days. I try to ask for recommendations on on social media, but um, you know, there's times where you're st- Duck, depending on where you are, just going off Google reviews and the number of stars they've got and the ratings. Um, and I think the map is is a great opportunity for the out-of-towners um, to, to learn a little bit more before they just start hitting numerous places. Um, so I know you mentioned the brew bus. Um, I will admit, I don't know as much about them, but I, I think it's, it's a very good opportunity for folks that are interested. So I know for the Knoxville scene, they're kind of like a I don't want to call them just an Uber. I think there's more to it than that. But again, since I, I haven't been on there, but I know they do locally. Um, you can pay to have just these, the different stops. Basically, they'll pick you up, drop you off, like where, wherever you're going to go. They've got the, the route. Um, and so it's a good way to get around safely. And then they also do tours for different places. Uh, it's mostly kind of like um, wine and um moonshine things like that they've got um a trip that'll take you down to pigeon forge uh where you have all those options uh with all smoky and things like that so you can basically get a free ride down there um well it's not free shouldn't say a free ride but get a ride down there safely uh get your tastings um down in a fun area without having the stress of the traffic you know somebody else is taking care of that for you um and then bringing you back and then they also do i know they do this uh tour i mean i don't know what all entails I'd like to learn more about it because it does sound kind of cool, but um, they do a tour in an old um, prison. And I, I think it's it's a distillery, if I remember right. Um, and you can go there too or get some tastings. Um, but I, I'd like to check that one out. That That's pretty neat. And then probably the, the third place that I would recommend for anybody coming out of town, um, something we should check out is the Nosbrew Tours. Uh, I have, I've done that one and it's, it's great because they kind of leave you some flexibility. So you can do a walking tour. You can do a riding tour on a bus uh, that will take you to four places. Uh, they got it for out west. They got it for the, the downtown type area. Um, and the reason I like it is not only am I tasting, you know, good number of beers, I kind of get, I get to give some uh, choices of where I'd like to go. doesn't mean I always get to go there, but at least have a good chance to hit someplace I want to go for a certain reason. Um, but the thing that I took the most out of it was kind of cool is, I don't know about you, but I, I, the process of making a beer, I'm not the strongest at, uh, and it was really cool because when I went on my last Nosbrew tour, 
you not only try the beers, but they're explaining to you the process and what's the history behind the venue and um, kind of how the beer was made. And they, they go through that process throughout. Just so if you're not as strong in the process of, of the beer being brewed, it's a good learning experience. Um, as long as you still by the fourth stop, remember what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and so speaking kind of continuing on, on, on the vein of recommendations, when you're looking at a map of, of kind of the area breweries, there's a pretty good number and higher concentration of the city's breweries are in the neighborhoods kind of to the north of downtown yeah. spanning that direct, that general direction. Is that where you would recommend people to kind of start? And are there any other sections of the city that you feel people may want to try to hone in on if they've, you know, maybe have a few nights at least? Yeah. So, so if you got a few nights, definitely other areas. Uh, but if you're coming in for the, for say a quick visit for the night and you want to hit a couple places, that's definitely the place to go. There's probably about five or six places within walking distance. And that also includes the cider house, uh, barrel house for gypsy circus down in that same area. So it's, it's quick. A lot of our, our favorite places, uh, you know, crafty bastard, um, you know, next levels or they're all right there. Uh, we've got a German bar that's not far, a new yeehaw that opened up all within walking distance. And then what I tell everybody too is if, if you're staying somewhere else because it's cheaper and you're not staying downtown or um, you're farther out and just want to stay in that area, there's still lots of good options. Um, the Bearden area, we've got uh, Albright Grove and then Bearden, uh, not Bearden, I'm sorry. It is abridged. Uh, how I blew that name. Um, Bearden beer market's always also there, but I was trying to say abridged because the food there is incredible. Um, highly recommend that to anyone. Uh, and then out West now has started to grow a little bit. Uh, for a while, we only had Orange Hat Brewing Company, which is a great place. Um, love to go out there. Just I'm not in that area much because Knoxville is a little bit bigger than what it really seems like. And I live south down past the airport. So it's still probably about a 40 minute drive up there for me. Uh, but every now and then I'll have a show up there or something. I'd stop by, but it's still the only place. But now they've, they've got uh, three new other places that are now open in West Knoxville. Um, and also two more, I believe that are about the, within the next year to year and a half, we'll be opening up out there. So that'll become another place where you don't have to go very far, uh, to get those options. But like you said, downtown, North downtown, uh, there's a bunch. And then even just to the North of that even more, and then uh, across the river in South Knoxville there are three great places that I highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so, you know, zooming out now a little bit, I know you, you've kind of mentioned you're down in uh, the Maryville area, which is home to, as I, I'm sure, as you probably, we haven't mentioned yet, but, you know, Blackberry Farm is, is a fairly recognizable name, I think, for people that are yeah. really into the craft beer scene. They've kind of grown a name for themselves. Um, but looking now kind of wider scale, there are a lot of different, you know, nearby communities and towns that, that feature breweries. So, looking not just the metro area but kind of the surrounding region are, are there any breweries that you would say really stick out to you that maybe if people are there for a, a little more extended period of time that if they're willing to venture out a little bit further it would be worth the trek yeah um first place off the top of my mind um would be sparta tennessee and it's probably about an hour hour and a 15 minute drive or so i want to say um and there's a place called it's called calf killer brewing um, and everybody laughs every time I wear my calf killer shirt. Like, is that really what it's called? It is, uh, but it, it's a really, really cool place. It's basically at these this family home, and 
yeah, they, they wanted to basically have dinner together and do their chores, get everything done um, that night. So it's only open from like 10 to four. Um, so it's, it's kind of an odd situation, uh, closing at 4 PM, you know, breweries don't just do that, but been out there and it's amazing. Um, and you're in like a cemetery, like if I go straight, I'm in the cemetery. And so you just cut off and right around the corner, there's this, this house. Um, but it's, it's incredible. There's only about four beers on tap. Uh, all are amazing. And you you just sit there from t- you know by the time you arrive till four o'clock, um, great food. Uh, they usually have some kind of food truck there. Um, they have some snacks inside, but um, it's just it's different because it's out in the middle of nowhere, um, which I love about it. Uh, but great beer. You can find it locally. It's just the experience to go um, out to the venue itself is incredible. Uh, and then it's pretty funny because at four o'clock when it closes you head into sparta and there's another place called happy trails where you, you can grab dinner and they got some of their own beers and you pretty much see everybody from calf killer they left at four o'clock when you had to leave and they're now at happy trails you know grabbing dinner another beer or two um so sparta is the first one i will admit um the next two are probably more uh, you know if anybody is into um, being active hitting the mountains or some trails um one I've not been to, but it is high, high on my bucket list, and I just need to get out there before it gets too overly hot. Um, I, that's always been my thing. I'm not a huge, overly um, warm person. I uh, don't like to deal with the, the humidity. Uh, but Morgan County, uh, they have a handful of breweries out there, and no uh, lily pad, for one, uh, is right there. And you can park and do some trails right from there and come back and have some beers and some food. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of um, great breweries breweries out that way from, again, from what I've heard, uh, but I think it's a cool opportunity to go out, get some exercise, do some driving and, you know, some great scenery, grab some beers, um, you know, they're outside the city. And then also kind of back to Maribel, my, my town right now. Um, for those that are hiking out in the Smokies, it's, it's a great place. So when you, there's different places you can enter and come out of the Smokies, but one of the main places is Townsend. Um, they've got a couple great tap rooms there. Uh, as soon as you come out, one of the first places you hit is Peaceful Side Social. Uh, that I really enjoy, and they try to do a lot to support local. Um, great food. And then there's a couple more that are behind them um, on the on the river, which is really neat. Uh, you kind of get to watch everybody tubing on by uh, while you're sitting outside on, on the patio having a beer and some food. Um, but about 30 minutes away, uh, May 35, 40, is Maribel, where I live. Um and it is great. You just come out of the mountains. Uh, you know, everybody wants to stay in the mountains all day. And we've got, um, as you mentioned earlier, Blackberry. Uh, we've got uh, Black Horse is here, which is out of Nashville. But they've also had a couple places uh, here in Knoxville and Maribel. Um, technically Alcoa, I guess. And the food is amazing. You know, the beer salad. And then Tri Hops, another place that I like to go. Uh, it was really start where I started my trivia career. Um, and so I like to go down there a lot. They've got darts, very kid friendly. They've got a couple outdoor areas you can sit. Um, you know, they make their own beer and have a lot of guest taps and ciders and different things. Um, you know, there's the go cooler you can choose from. So lots of options and, and a really cool place and, and area for any of them to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so now I, I know that you've 
you've lived in a few different places and have, and have traveled around as well. So what would you say makes Knoxville's beer scene kind of different and, and how do you envision it growing kind of in the future as well? Yeah. So I will admit, uh, I didn't really get in, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't really get into the craft beer scene uh, before I was here. Uh, so I, I kind of sad disappointed because I think Houston had a, had a great, um, you know, beer situation. And I'd go to, to um, what do they call the flying saucers? But I'd grab a Bud Light instead of trying to do, you know, that you drink so many and get a, a plate on the wall or whatever. I would just drink a Bud Light. Um, so since wised up, so I wish I could say more about that. Um, but just from what I know here and what I've kind of seen in other places, um, Knoxville has become very similar to Asheville, which is always you know a, a big destination for everybody because there's just so many breweries and you know we kind of become that. I mean, there, I, I believe last year I did. For Knoxville Craft Beer Week, I highlighted each one. I'm pretty sure it had me at 30 different posts to highlight um, the current breweries and the ones that were coming up that are now open. So we have so many options. Um, and one of the things, and I think most of them would admit it, you know, not all of the cases are this way, but it, I think it's a very tight-knit brewery community. Um, you know, they're obviously competition, but they don't always necessarily see each other in that manner that during the pandemic, um, you'd hear a lot of different stories of how, you know, this brewery had this equipment, this brewery had this equipment. Um, there were a lot of places because Knoxville is a little different where we don't really, outside of Zool, we, you don't find our beers much outside of this market. Um, so there were a lot of places weren't even canning. Um, you know, and, and they had to at that time just to get things just, uh, out and distributed to stores or as people came by, they didn't always want the growlers. And I think it was very unique in that aspect that they just were so good at helping each other out and whatever somebody needed, someone made sure to take care of them, let them use their space if needed. Um, and I think that makes us a little different. I don't, I don't, I could be wrong. I just don't see every brewing community just being that tight and helping each other out because obviously you're trying to, make yours well run and, and keep yourself open more than everybody else. But um, yeah, I think they do a great job promoting each other, working together and, um, and was what I love about it and why I've really gotten so deep into it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, it's, it's always fun to hear about, you know, it, 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 the beer communities that how they've been able to help each other get through this. Cause as, as you mentioned, you know, the last now coming up on three years, you know, there's been several different, hurdles you know the pandemic and now with some of the the cost of, of certain things you know being out of control and uh from, from the brewing perspective and you know breweries are continuing to still manage to grow in a lot of cases which has really been cool to see um and so now we're going to get to one of my favorite questions that i ask with every episode and that is that i want you to create a flight of four beers to represent the Knoxville beer scene and they can focus on, you know, a certain style, certain breweries, one-off flagships, whatever you see fit. And because I normally have two guests to answer that after you're done, I've only been to seven, I think seven or eight of the breweries in Knoxville, but I'll throw my hat in and, and, and do a flight of, of, of my four favorite beers uh, from my time as Knoxville after, after you've completed yours as well. Okay. Um, so I would probably say if I was choosing my four, uh, probably start with, the Valen beer lager at next level. Um, I don't know why I have gotten into lagers. IPAs, I was a huge oh, IPA me fan. Too. And Love the lagers, man. <laughs> it just got so heavy. Got too heavy. I got too heavy from them. Um, 
and so I started deciding, like, you know, like I need to drink some wider things. Like, need to branch out. Uh, there's always IPAs, and the Bound Beer um, is just a really solid lager, um, super light, and and I have it every week. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I host trivia there every Wednesday, and so every Wednesday I've got to have at least one Bound Beer, even if I'm trying the other two new items on tap. It's got to finish off with a Bound Beer. Um, beer two. I'd probably say Heifer from Zool. Uh, so it's a it's double IPA, and they it started off. I didn't know they were going to do so many iterations of it, but the very first one, um, I just remember me and I've even got a buddy. It's not a huge IPA fan, and he had that, and we we just sat there all night, and that's all we drank. Let's yep, give me another Heifer. Um, and now they've got so many iterations out. Uh, they just keep changing the hop profile on it. Um, a lot of them do have mosaic and it's just also something a little bit different. Um, I wish I could say I've tried them all, cannot keep up with them, uh, but everything I have tried from that series is fantastic. Um, I would, I think number three, just because it kind of gets me out of my, uh, comfort zone a little bit, uh, would be the Tessellation, uh, West Coast IPA from, uh, Crafty Bastard and, the reason I say that is I'm more of a New England. I, I like the hazies. Um, but this is a West Coast that I, I really enjoy. And so they got me really enjoying a West Coast. I, I got to give them a shout out for that. Um, just getting me trying something new and enjoying it. And then kind of going back to the some with a bunch of iterations again. Uh, here local, right? My, my town is Trihop. They had a, a hazy IPA. And I really, I loved it. There was one of the first beers they started doing uh, when they when they started brewing and getting those on tap. Um, you know, I, I wanted to support it. They started brewing, so they were ready to release their um, their own brews like the four days after the pandemic and the world shut down. And so their big, hey, our beer's coming launch kind of got sidetracked, but you could still get it uh, with the drive-up service. So I started trying that, and then things opened up, and they started doing um, – they're up to 23. I think through 19 or close to that, I tried every single version of it. Um, I've missed a few, but they're up to 23. And it's just every time it's been good. Um, I, I wish they sometimes didn't change it just because I enjoyed that last one so much. Um, but I think it's fun just to go, oh, yeah, this one's a little bit different than that in this way. And I, I think I like it better or you know, just kind of critiquing it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we, we definitely have some similarities in uh, the breweries that we would choose in, in our flight. Um, I think, like as I mentioned, I'm mostly a lager guy, but I think my, my favorite beer was from Next Level, and it was a New England IPA called Big Boy Map yep. um, that I was just, I, I loved it. Uh, and then I also had an ESB at Geezer's uh, next door to Zool there that I thought was just phenomenally well made, very simple. And then my other two are styles that are a little more, I guess you could say, um, they're, they're a little more hit and miss with what people tend to either love them or they don't love them so much. The first one's a little bit more, you know, not, not as egregious with that. You know, I, the, the Rosh beer smoked lager at Schultz Brow, I love, mm -hmm. you know, I thought it was cool, all the German style beers there. And then my other one was a little more out there. We mentioned Zool. And it was called Betty's Blueberry Cobbler. Yeah. And it was a sour ale with blueberries, graham cracker, vanilla, cinnamon, and brown sugar. And I and I love sour ales, and it's a very adventurous sour ale. And so I felt Zool is kind of one of those 
you know, modern on the on the forefront of stuff kind of type of brewery. So I thought it was fun to throw in maybe a little bit more of a curveball into the flight as well, uh, something a little more unique. So that would be my 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 uh, flight of four, I guess I could say. Uh, and so now mo- moving on to kind of here as we we start to wrap things up here. What what are three area breweries that maybe we've discussed or haven't mentioned yet that you want to give a special shout out for for one reason or another? Yeah. Um, so f- give three. So first of all, probably gonna gotta start with Trim Tab out of Birmingham. Um, I will admit that I've I've gone a little slower on it, uh, just trying to drink local things. But I I started doing this Trim Tab Tuesday um, during I want to say in the pandemic because you're sitting at home and just trying to fill some time. And so I started uh, the hashtag Trim Tab Tuesday with with Trim Tab. I, I was finding their stuff everywhere, um, and it kind of slowed down a little bit because they got so big. They started expanding to Memphis and Nashville. Well, they get their options first before before Knoxville at that point. So I wasn't getting as many as the new things, um, but they're awesome. And I I would travel there. I've been there numerous times. They're four hours away. Um, mostly on work trips, just just to buy some of the stuff that you can't get uh, that's not being distributed. Uh, but I just appreciate them for their support. Um, you know, they, they were always very friendly to me. Want to know when I'm coming to town, things like that. Um, uh, always sharing my stuff. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, come on the same lines. Um, just trying to name off a couple of places. Maybe people haven't necessarily heard of, but have, have really left impacts on me. Uh, Red Buffalo in Statesville, North Carolina. Um, so I won a trip to a beer festival in Greens, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And the four-hour drive ended up being like eight. Uh, we kept stopping different places, and Red Buffalo was one of them. It had a great time. We met the owner. Um, he was very, very nice to us. Talked the whole time we were there. Just wanted us to know about his beer, the process, like his backstory. Well, thought that'd be it. You know, posted a, a, a reel or something about their place, and no, that wasn't it. Um, he basically you know, their brewery has liked every one of my posts on Instagram and Facebook since I did this trip like two, three years ago. Um, and still trying to talk me into coming back and saying hi. Uh, again, um, they've just been phenomenal in, in the support and um, keeping in touch with me. And though there's no reason to have done that, I made one visit there ever. Uh, but I do appreciate that. Um, and the last one, just because it was a cool experience uh, for us. So my daughter, uh, my youngest, uh, who is nine, likes to do uh, brewery hopping with me. She always just thinks it's the coolest. Like, there's always something there that is different. Um, from, as you mentioned earlier, like it's the uniqueness of the places, and and she gets into that. Um, on top of the food, sodas, and everything else, so I'm gonna give her, and she knows, of course. Um, but everybody goes to Asheville, hits the same ones. You know, a lot of times hits the same areas. Uh, outside of town is a place called Whistle Hop. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. You heard of that? Yes. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And so they used the time to, during the pandemic, we found out, started talking to them. And some of the stuff that they, you know, my daughter was thoroughly enjoying. They had, I think, putting greens, uh, disc golf, the little slide for. They said they did all of that during the pandemic. Just put in things that when they could open back it up, um, would just be fun and family friendly. And we absolutely loved it i mean on top of you know the flights with the little train cars and um you know the train cars they're actually you could sit in and it's a very unique and um 
you know, they're very supportive of me as well. And I haven't been back since, but it's a place that I, I really, really want to go back to just because of the time that we had there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I very, very cool to get, get give some other shout outs out. And uh, so, Keith, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about the Knoxville craft beer scene. It was great. Like I said, I've, I've, I've been through there a couple times now. Would love to get back because obviously I've not been to every single place uh, in the area. And Blackberry Farm, I have not gotten down to Maryville yet. That is on my bucket list. Um, Blackberry Farm is one that's been on my radar for a while and it just hasn't worked out yet. Hopefully in the future. Uh, can make that happen but uh do you have any other kind of final thoughts conclusions and also making sure to kind of shout out uh how people can uh follow you on social media again yeah absolutely um well first of all thank you very much y'all for having me out here i uh, appreciate you all um having me on as a guest and then anybody else would like to follow along with my crazy adventures or learn more about knox beer um you can find me on instagram facebook and tiktok uh at what's brewing next Absolutely. Well, and if there are any uh, new listeners, you can follow me on Twitter at Brewery Travels, on Instagram at Brewery underscore Travels, as well as my website, thebrewerytravels.com, where you can find articles, interactive maps, uh, as well as previous links to all the past podcast episodes. And again, whether it's where you're visiting or where you're living, be sure to drink local everywhere. Cheers, everyone. Because I feel like I belong